Hello, and welcome to Africa Tech Summit Connects, sharing insights from across the African tech scene. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi 2022, taking place on February 23rd and 24th in Kenya. Africa Tech Summit Nairobi will connect 500 industry leaders and share insights from the Money and DeFi Summit, the Startup Summit, and the Mobile Summit. Network and do business with tech leaders, investors, startups, and leading ventures from the Africa Tech ecosystem over two days with multiple networking events at our 10th live edition. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi, where African Tech connects February 23rd and 24th, 2022. To see more details, please visit www.africatechsummit.com. That's Africa Tech Summit. Dot com. Now back to this great episode. Hello and welcome to today's show. My name is Andrew Fastnage, founder of Africa Tech Summit. In today's episode, we're exploring the digital economy across Africa and more specifically, the digital identity necessary to deliver trust for this digital economy. Today, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by SEJ. Igule, co-founder and CEO of Verify Me Nigeria, who are building trust infrastructure through digital identity and verification services. And we're very excited to have you. I'm very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Well, for those who don't know, SEJ, can you share some more about you and, 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 and your background and how you get into Verify Me? Sure, um, I'll be happy to. My name is uh, CJ, as you said. Uh, I am an uh, engineer and enterprise architect by profession. Uh, most of my career actually is in the United States, uh, about 17 years of it uh, working and totally actually spent about over 20 years um, living in Washington, D.C. area. Um, you know, I this, the story of Verify Me, first of all, happened by chance encounter with uh, my partner, co-founder Tunji Oluwale, who, um, you know, for me, chance encounter, but for him, actually a harrowing event. So um, for him, moved back from the States and was poisoned um, by he and his family were poisoned by his cook. Uh, and because they didn't have, uh, in Nigeria at the time, proper, you know, uh, biometric identity, um, he was never really able to get justice. Um, so we look at our journeys really as having kind of like a, a start and a pivot. Um, because at the time in 2013, by 2015, Tunji realized that, you know, <clears throat> there really was um, an issue of trust in homes. And they started out trying to really solve the problem of um, security in homes for domestic workers. But um, after a chance encounter, Tunji and I had actually about 2016, um, and we started to look deeper, we realized that there really was the issue of trust was across the board. Uh, and there was uh, really a high cost of transactions as a result of low trust. Um, there was low trust because of the delivery capabilities, the digitization, availability of data, um, regulation, you know, to, you know, collect in a, in a format that was, you know, interoperable across systems. So there were a lot of reasons for that uh, at the time. But we set about building. Um, fortunately for us, you know, um, in Nigeria, which is the largest economy in Africa, 
um, the APIs um, across agencies, first of all, the foundational one, NIMSI came online and also functional ones like um, driver's license and passport and others. So it really allowed us to be almost like pretty much first movers in creating um, uh, um, uh, as for a startup, by the way, um, access to the developer community, um, API access so that um, people could build products on our infrastructure. Um, so we really started out, um, I think about 2017, we really actually became, I would say, an ID technology um, and KYC company. And since then, we've gone from opportunity to opportunity, really um, powering open banking. Um, and, you know, in our position now, with the suites of products we have, really looking to power open finance as well across Africa. Wow. So from someone being poisoned, you build a business. That's, that, that's pretty impressive. Uh, pretty good to turning a, turning a, a problem into a solution. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, you spoke there around, um, you know, moving from, from opportunity to opportunity. Um, how, big a, how big an opportunity is, you know, your market in, in digital identity and trust and, and, and verification? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it's a huge market, um, you know, looking at the Nigeria West, you know, Nigeria market alone, um, the, the digital identity industry, you know, really um, has the potential for um, in, in just the onboarding side. Now, um, when you look at digital identity, there's digital identity in fintech. Um, but there's also so many organizations that need to consume identity in terms of utility companies and other service providers that are not necessarily fintech. Um, so we can look at those two um, a little bit alone, uh, you know, separately. Um, we really are talking about potentially um, a $20 billion industry on the onboarding side. Um, if you look at digital identity on the credit market, on the, on the credit side, uh, where some, some, you know, um, I would say, um, uh, thought leaders are even saying we have a 70 trillion naira market, which is about $100 billion. Um, wow. Overall, you know, we're really looking at um, a market that's, you know, exceeding $100 billion, um, you know, in our economy. Well, that, that, that's, a, that's a pretty big market. And I mean, what are the major shifts and milestones you think that are going to, you know, define this digital identity industry in, in 2022? Um, you know, Great question, and I think we're really at the the precipice of it. So it's it's a really um, critical time in the uh, in the journey of digital identity in Africa. Um, you know, three things are probably one is regulation. Um, as you can see, there's some talk in Nigeria about you know tokenization, no tokenization, um, and how it goes. Um, so that that's you know regulation in terms of whether it stifles access is going to be a big factor. Um, regulation. Um, to basically even help protect or curate um, an, an industry and understand, um, you know, uh, what you know types of uh, um, structures need to be put in place to grow the industry um, would also be, you know, very defining for us this year. Um, I think interesting one for me is the competitive landscape as well. You know, um, there, are, you know, a few identity companies, um, probably in Nigeria, not as big as us um, in the startup space. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, probably, you know, time, you know, for some of us to even look at, you know, how we can, um, you know, work together um, to for, for the benefit of the market, um, because, you know, not one person is going to win the whole market. Um, and, you know, I'm not even sure that I want that. Right? Who doesn't want at least some competition on some level because um, it makes you better. Um, so that's also going to be a you know, defining one. And I would say the third for me is open banking, um, you know, really. Um, 
you know, the ability for, I would say, developers to um, have access to open APIs to be able to build products and how um, that flows and is able to be launched in Nigeria is also going to be another defining one for um, digital ID across the board. Wow, yeah, it's a, a big opportunity. Um, in terms of, you know, this, this our, our listeners here who was a mix of corporate startups, investors from across the continent, um, you know, what, what's it look like for them? What kind of investments required to achieve you know, digital identity on their side, you know, what, what, what do they need to do? Um, so achieve digital identity really um, on, the, on the public sector, you know, I, I would really, um, so let me ask, let me see if I can ask. So for them to achieve it, you mean for them to be able to use digital identities, um, you know, in their ecosystems, is that, is that the way I would so, address it? Yeah, exactly. If, if we look at the API economy now, and, you know, if we look at FinTech and uh, Neil Banking, Insure tech and you know all these services who who actually need this digital you know KYC and verification of of you know people, um, you know how difficult is it for them to uh, you know or how easy is it for them to to uh, you know embed this into their into their products? Oh, it, it, interesting question. So number one is um, for us is for the most part um, they're not even embedding. Um, so we are basically a REST API. Um, you know, uh, you know, open API. So it's really about, um, you know, if you're approved um, as, you know, to have access, you know, based on you know, the type of business um, you can connect to us. We look at it three ways in terms of, you know, being able to mature or, you know, digital identity. Um, on the government side, the, the enabler for real digital identity is really going to be, you know, governments just based on how the regulation is in, for example, Nigeria where the government is the authoritative source of identity. So the enrollment contract, for example, and the success of enrollment services, um, as you see how NIMSI is, which is the Nigerian Identity Management Commission, are uh, trying to roll out programs um, to encourage and drive Nigerians to get documented with their biometrics. So that's really the first step of it. Um, and so that's gonna be one of the pillars that's going to determine the success of that. Um, I would say on the middle side, the technology side, the technology is there. Um, on the API side. So um, customers who are ready on their end can connect to us in as little as, you know, an afternoon. Um, you, know, um, you know, for example, some of our FinTech customers can do that. Um, where we're finding some hindrance though, and, you know, this is where sometimes we have almost a six month lag and, you know, even um, onboarding customers we sign is because of lack of a um, digitization in, within organizations themselves. The question is not really about whether they can connect to our API. The question is whether their internal systems are digitized enough so that they can um, consume um, the data in their workflow. Um, and make decisions in their workflow. You know, you don't have a digitized workflow internally. Um, the API is not going to mean that much to you. Um, so what we're finding on that end is there is a huge race. And this is why development is so key and so huge in Nigeria today. Um, and I would say developers are making so much money. <laughs> um, is that everyone is hiring developers to, um, to you know, upbuild their systems, you know, so that they can be automated. Um, so that they can get use, you know, um, consume open APIs uh, that the government is creating an enabling environment for us. So I would say that's that's the line of sight between those three for me. So I mean, if you, if you just go back there slightly, so you you know, well, they might want to you know use your product and your your, your REST uh, API. Do you have to then you know go into some of these companies and try and you know integrate that for them because they they might not have that technical know how? And is that something you do? 
Um, no, it's not because you know the truth is we we are already you know we have some, we we're connected to about two hundred and fifty customers. Um, we don't want to turn into a, a development or an integration yeah, company. We yeah. do advise we do advise our companies um, and help mm. where we can. Um, but you know our business is powering open finance, um, so we're always willing to introduce um, you know uh, companies um, if you know organizations need you know serious engineering help um, you know for automation internally, but. Um, our, our focus and our engineering focus is really building our roadmap of products to power open finance. Yeah, I mean, you touched on another important point as well there around, you know, developers and tech talent. And um, this is this is a challenge across the board. I mean, how are you how are you finding it with, with, with Verify Me and finding and retaining that top talent? It's it's a it's a war of attrition. I tell my, you know, fellow, really? uh, you know, builders um, today in Africa. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's an interesting dynamic what has happened, you know, um, when I moved, um, you know, about four or five years ago from the States, um, you know, the, you know, the, the, the cost of, uh, an average good developer has gone up probably about three or four times, maybe even five times. Um, and, um, you know, I always say, and I, I talk to, you know, a lot of, you know, my friends, I say there's, there's almost, uh, an, an industrialization of the digital age, right? Um, where uh, because of the cost of developers is almost becoming prohibitive to even um, develop a POC for your idea, right? Um, unless you're a developer yourself. Um, now, part of the, it's, it's, it's an interesting dy- dynamic because you say, well, you look at the Africa economy, it's, it's great for the developer um, and it's really good. And you know, who are you to you know, stand in the way of somebody making more money? Uh, but it's a really tough one if you look at it from an, you know, from an economic perspective, because it really is increasing the cost of innovation. Um, and one of the problems with this, as much as we love our international, um, you know, companies coming in, um, the truth is that um, these huge corporations coming in um, are coming in and um, basically taking our developers um, and giving them offers that, um, of course, you know, local, local or indigenous companies cannot compete with. Um, so that's that's really part of the dynamic that's driving it. Um, you also have the craze of, um, you know, organizations looking for developers now using, um, you know, companies that are pulling African development, development resources for work in the Western world. So th- th- there's no time. Um, you know, to do work on African projects as well. So it's a real war of attrition. Now, what that has done um, is that it's, it's probably quadrupled my, you know, developer budget because at the end of the day, you have to compete um, and you have to do what you can and come up, come up with, you know, uh, innovative ways for retention. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge problem. Yeah, it's industry-wide. I mean, the, the, uh, you know, a couple of things of that. I mean, that obviously drives your, your cost base up. Does, is that something you have to... You know, absorb, or can you can you actually pass some of that on into your into your end product cost? And and the second part, I suppose, is you know, what's the answer to this? Is it is it um, you know policy and policy from from governments, or is it an industry driven thing? I know we have Adela and Gebeya and different people like that who've been trying to you know foster and grow tech talent across the continent. Well, I mean, what do you think is the there is no silver well, bullet, obviously, but yes. you know, what, what, what's the answer? <laughs> The answer would be all of the things you mentioned, right? Um, mm. So it will be mm. growing more tech talent, 
um, so that people can have opportunities because you can't really tell people not to earn the, the most that they can, right? Um, it, it will also be, you know, I think that as economies in Africa improve, um, the potential for uh, them to, you know, uh, or the need for, you know, many of us to feel like we need to, uh, you know, get work from outside maybe may reduce as well. Um, and it's also using regulation to try to protect, um, you know, indigenous businesses or, you know, you know, business, local businesses as well. Um, so um, we're lucky, you know, because, you know, we've kind of um, have been well funded from our, you know, um, institutional investors. So we, we escaped that and, you know, have been, you know, basically been able to compete uh, because we have the funding. Um, but the truth is there is, you know, a, a worrisome aspect to it in terms of, you know, new ideas in Africa, um, you know, and I wonder, wow, these guys, how do they, they're almost forced to um, give up so much of their companies now um, just to come up with an initial idea uh, because of the high cost of development. And I mean, are you seeing with your tech talent, I mean, is there, you know, their heads get swayed by, by bigger tech corporates who come in and, and offer offer better perks or, or, you know, how do you, what is the answer to retaining this talent for, for, for Verify Me? <laughs> so the answer for us is, you know, being one of the fastest growing companies in Nigeria. Um, I think that, um, you know, the, my team is so excited um, and um, we probably have one of the best retention rates um, of, you know, any of these companies. Um, but, you know, I realized with these young engineers, it's something interesting to see when your transactions are growing, you're building something and transactions are going 100% from month to month. Um, and you know that this is, you know, a company, um, you know, with ideas from your country, the biggest economy in Africa, first movers, building innovative products, um, integrated, you know, builds, you know, um, a, a KYC infrastructure. So for us, I would say some of, I see some of that excitement. Um, so it's, I'm very impressed. I've seen some huge corporations, you know, and they, they send me the email sometimes um, and they don't take these offers, um, you know, and we do the best we can for compensation, but I think mostly is, is really just uh, um, the inspiration to, to build for, for our country and our continent that, that's, that's, you know, really keeping a lot of the team and seeing the success of it as well. Keeping the staff is one thing, and then it's getting the customers on board. So, I mean, um, you know, you've you got a lot on your plate. Um, how do you yes. encourage how do you encourage user trust, like in the willingness for them to, you know, get on board and use your service? I mean, and and obviously your job is trying to build out the whole ecosystem because you need multiple players all to all to have trust. And uh how do you how do you encourage users to do it and customers? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we kind of, the, the problem for us come, becomes is, is diminishing as our reputation increases. So, um, of course, we really had that issue in 2017. Um, the way we went about it was making sure we had all our licenses um, being, um, you know, 27001 compliant and have all the um, security, cybersecurity, um, logical and physical security compliant me uh, measures in place. Uh, making sure we had our license, um, taking um, data privacy very seriously. Um, and I think over the years, you know, I mean, even banks are private, right? Even credit companies um, are private entities. Uh, so just like in the West, everybody understands that it is going to be private entities um, that deliver this service, um, you know, to, um, to the, for the economy at the end of the day. So um, as we've grown, I think we have over 30 banks integrated with us today. That's just banks, by the way. 
Um, we have about over 50 credit lenders um, so who are giving loans. And on top of that, we have another 200 other consumers of um, uh, data in insurance, um, you know, from pensions to all, all sorts of utility, all sorts of onboarding. Um, so really, I would say that we're almost um, a little bit of a, a trusted uh, entity in Nigeria, um, you know, just because of, you know, with the technology, uh, we've built our licenses. In fact, the truth is we, we, we really see ourselves as compliance as a service for a lot of our customers. Um, just because we are licensed, um, we're directly so um, connected to um, our government partners. Uh, so, um, and we are compliant with all the um, security, NITA security measures as well. So um, we, we really are the trust infrastructure. Um, so we're, we're finding now that um, people are coming to us when they want that security. So the tide is turning. Yeah, and you mentioned governments and, uh, you know, government initiatives we've seen the we've seen the uh the launch of the you know digital currency in nigeria and mixed reviews there but in terms of digital identity um and the national identification number that was that was launched by the national identity management commission um how's that been going what's what's your opinion on, on that yeah you know this is it's their challenges but you know this here's one stat i would say um i think that in december of 2020 about 35 million nigerians had their name um as that now i think about maybe 70 million nigerians have their name so that is a a big success um number that um i think maybe you know we should all afford um but underneath that um you know i think that you know there is a way to go to iron out technical challenges that some of uh the um, partners front-end partners as they call them have seen um actually verify me even though we're an id technology company because we're known in the space we're also a licensed front-end partner as well um so from a financial inclusion perspective um we're able to also document nigerians on behalf of the government um, so we also have that first-hand experience and we've worked with the government to improve um, some of the processes, um, you know, to get to field, um, for front-end devices to get to field. So I think that has been, um, you know, a, a big challenge. Um, there have been some huge changes. We'll see what happens with the mobile devices that have been launched. That, that has the potential to take the 70 million number to way above 100 million and could be successful. Uh, but it's, I think it's at this point, it's, it's a wait and see. Watch, we'll watch, we'll watch with interest. Um, yes, yes. And in, in other, in, in other markets, are you, are you working with any any other kind of governments, or, or what's the plan and the roadmap in, in, in across the continent? We have a plan. We have a plan. We're you know we're going to uh, be going to interesting places uh, in 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 West Africa. Um, you know, and I think I think we can say you know Ghana is in you know in the very 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 near term for us. We keep saying we're going to announce, but we will. It's just uh, a lot of groundwork going on. Um, and, you know, we're going in and we're going to do it differently. I think we know, uh, we understand how to build KYC infrastructures. Um, we know that, um, you know, one of the reasons we didn't just launch in Africa all at once is, you know, we, we, we really believe in Gaul's law, right? That says you can't build a complex system at once, but you have to build simple, simple systems. Um, and I think one of, that's one of the reasons we are the leader in Nigeria is because we really focused um, and we went deep and wide. Um, and, you know, um, so we're, we're replicating that in Ghana and we're going to replicate that in a few other countries in Africa this year. So yes, we do have those plans for sure. Digital identity and data and big data has come under scrutiny, I suppose, in a lot of markets. And, and the elephant in the room was always, you know, 
what happens is date data who has it um you know people are very very conscious now of what they're giving away and and, and uh, different entities that have it so there are ethical challenges of digital identity what are you, you know what would you say are they, you know the key the key milestones for for uh verify me and overcoming these uh worries of ethical challenges yeah so i mean for us the key milestone is you know it's definitely kpi is comply with ndpr 100 percent um and so one of the things we say is that um our business model um is not about selling data um our business model is about providing um uh, customer profiling services, whether it's um, for ID verification, fraud prevention, um, getting a criminal record, um, or fi- uh, um, analytics for financial assessment, all linked to identity. Um, and um, we only do that because the customer is requesting a service. Um, so when you become a Verify Me customer, we actually approve our customers. So our customers, when they register, um, we get their uh, business operating um, documents. We make sure that they're licensed to um, perform the activities that they're requesting for and that the activity you know, requires a verification. Um, so like I said, most of our companies are banks. A bank will only check you know, when somebody goes to the bank to say, hey, I want to open a bank account or I want a loan or an insurance. You know, when the person goes to and say, I want insurance or um, I want a utility service or anything else. So um, so that's that's the first thing. I think the first security we have on our business model. However, you know, we know that, you know, the world is going towards, you know, the DeFi, you know, decentralized finance and, um, you know, all these um, other, um, I would say, future um, ways of doing business that, um, are going to be very complex, you know, and bring up some complexities, complexities for identity. Um, because of that, we are looking at products um, for tokenization as well, um, which we're going to be launching soon um, to add security layers. Um, and so this is even really outside of our own, um, sorry, the government's um, tokenization plan. Um, so, um, and looking at products for people to control access to their data as well. Um, so in the future, these are things that you're going to see from companies like um, definitely from Verify Me. Um, and, and I think we're going to get there as um, the, the environment becomes more mature, for sure, yes. So exciting, yeah, exciting future trends coming. Um, yeah, you, you touched on DeFi there as well. Um, uh, across the continent is growing, but uh, it's it's obviously, you know, you're, you're, you're already there, you're on the ground, you're working with governments you're working with different partners um often i wonder with some of the DeFi, uh some of the some of the projects i've seen certainly um um rely on smartphones even the e-naira you know um some of that relying relying on a smartphone is uh is difficult huh? um in terms of the lower end consumer do, do, do you think that's something that will be overcome um you know, if we look at feature phones and people who who maybe aren't on smartphones, um, what are your what are your thoughts there? I, My thoughts, I think that the the world is going to have to go towards smart smartphones. You know, one of the reasons I say it, the credit market is so big in Nigeria is that we probably have a hundred million, one hundred and twenty million smartphones to sell because only about fifteen percent of our societies are smartphones. You're talking about you know two hundred million society. Uh, with, you know, uh, 70% or so, you know, 35 years or younger. Um, so it's an interesting question. Um, I, so I do think that, you know, SMS is, uh, you know, it's while it's mass market and very interesting and we have to focus on it right now, 
Um, the future is, you know, the way of smartphones for identity now. If you if you look at that, you know, decentralized finance, you know, and you know, having that, you know, whichever method, whether your identity is in your phone or whatever it is, it's, it, we still have a ways, a little bit of a ways to go on that. I feel, and some more um, linking needs to be done because at the end of the day, um, security is in uh, for all transactions is in your ability to adjudicate it um, when there are problems. And if you do not have a, an identity format that is recognized by a judicial system, it's going to be very difficult for it to take off. Um, so this is why I say that, um, you know, there's still, still some hurdles for decentralized finance um, because, you know, as long as the law says government is the authoritative source of identity and that's what everyone recognizes, particularly when there's adju adjudication, um, I think that that's really going to be kind of like the way to go. Well, it's been a fascinating conversation for me and um, we look forward to hearing more from you. Uh, SEJ will be speaking um, at Africa Tech Summit in Nairobi, February 23rd, 24th. Um, if you want to find out some more about Verify Me, you can go onto their website now. It's verifyme.ng. And as a special bonus for everyone listening who's who stayed all the way till the end, um, you can get 20% discount off your pass for Africa Tech Summit Nairobi by using the code VERIFYME, that's V-E-R-I-F-Y-M-E, and you'll get 20% discount courtesy of our friends at VERIFYME. SJ, it's been great. We look forward to seeing you in Nairobi in a couple of weeks and um, hearing some more on the future trends and what's coming for, for uh, VERIFYME across Africa. Thank you very much. It was a great conversation. Thank you. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi 2022, taking place on February 23rd and 24th in Kenya. Africa Tech Summit Nairobi will connect 500 industry leaders and share insights from the Money and DeFi Summit, the Startup Summit, and the Mobile Summit. Network and do business with tech leaders, investors, startups and leading ventures from the Africa tech ecosystem over two days with multiple networking events at our 10th live edition. Join us at Africa Tech Summit Nairobi, where African tech connects February 23rd and 24th, 2022. To see more details, please visit www.africatechsummit.com. That's africatechsummit.com.